solutions in our blood We've got tonight Welcome to Branded Cowboy. My name is Sean Weesey. Thanks for joining me for episode one, the backstory. So yeah, I decided to or decided to start a podcast. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I do a few motivational Instagram stories. So I thought, you know, why not why not do a podcast so I can talk a little bit longer. Hopefully, help some people out or say something that might resonate with somebody. I just recently started listening to a few podcasts, and I really enjoy them. Uh, the cool thing about podcasts is you, you can listen to them and, and keep doing other things, whether it's working outside, building fence, riding your horse, or even sitting at a desk working. Uh, so it works out well for me. Uh, so yeah, branded cowboy. Um, you know, the term cowboy can mean a bunch of different things. As far as cowboys go, there's probably a million others that are way more cowboy than me. Um, but I think the term, to me, really comes down to culture. Um, you know, whether it be rodeo, bull riding, ranching, cattle. Um, you know, it can be a number of things. Um, but branded cowboy, you know, I feel like I was branded cowboy at a young age, and as I go into my my backstory, um, I'll bring that up every now and then. Um, you know the term branded cowboy um, as it relates to me. So I'll try not to bore you too much with the uh, too much detail on my backstory, but uh, I think going back to the beginning will be good for. For everyone moving forward, so you'll kind of know my my history and my story. Um, so it goes back to when I was born. You know, my mom and dad were from Southeast Texas originally. Uh, when they got married, they got a wild hair and decided to move to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to start their lives together. Uh, and while they were up there, they worked on a ranch. Dad was like a ranch hand. Uh, mom, I think, babysitted the the ranch owner's kids, um, and my dad was actually a bull rider, and he uh, and a bullfighter. So Jackson Hole has a summer series rodeo, and Dad was the the bullfighter, and actually rode bulls in his bullfighting outfit at at the performances as well. Um, so. In the meantime, I was, while they were up there, I was born. Um, so I was born into a, you know, ranch, you know, not a ranch and family, but 
my parents were working for a ranch. My dad was a bull rider, bullfighter. So instantly, the second I was born, I was, you know, in the culture. Um, so back to that term, branded cowboy, you know, I think it started from the beginning. Um, so I was around it. You know, there's photos of me on a horse by myself riding with mom um, at a very young age, you know, year and a half old. Uh, riding by myself, so uh, yeah, it start, that started from the beginning. So anyway, the uh, Jackson Hole gig for my parents didn't last real long. Uh, they quickly learned that the winters were a little different in Wyoming than they are in Southeast Texas. Uh, so uh, when I was, I think I was two and a half, three years old, somewhere in there. Uh, they decided to move back to Texas. And my dad comes from a, a farming family, a rice farming family. So dad moved back there and uh, got involved with the farm again um, and continued to ride bulls. Um, and I have vague memories of him riding. I think he probably quit when I was about five years old. So I think toward the end there, I had a few memories going to rodeos to watch him ride. Uh, when I was five i have vague memories of getting on calves myself um so yeah i was doing cowboy things at a young age uh but when dad quit riding bulls and got more involved with the farming uh, we kind of got away from that culture and as i grew up you know in my younger years six seven eight nine ten eleven um, dad wasn't going to rodeos. He was out of the culture, you know, he was farming. Um, so I got into baseball, played little league baseball, played junior high football, basketball. It's just really, I was a sports kid. Um, so kind of got away from the cowboy culture. Uh, even though we still, you know, we still went, uh, went completely away from it. You know, we started showing, um, showing, actually dairy dairy heifers for some reason i'm not even sure how we got into that but so we'd go show at the houston livestock shows we'd go to that rodeo every year growing up as a kid so i wasn't completely away from it i was still around it a little bit uh, but for the most part i was i think engulfed in sports um, and then when i was 13 14 years old uh, we moved to southwest louisiana my dad got hired to go develop some farming ground over there for big savings and loan. Um, so we went over to south, southwest Louisiana, uh, just uh, between Lake Charles and Lafayette. Uh, so there, we uh, I was still, you know, just a farming kid. Um, kind of got out of this, you know, I was, played a little bit of sports, but... Uh, and one day, our neighbors had a big roping arena, and I remember I was outside, and Dad came over and said, hey, you know, the neighbors are going to buck some steers over there. You want to go watch? And I was like, heck, yeah, I'll go to watch. And I was in tennis shoes and shorts and a tank top. I still remember it like it was yesterday. So we go over there to watch some guys get on some steers. I mean, they were roping, too, but they'd rope some and ride a few. So I decided I wanted to do it, so... You know, they got one for me. I got on in shorts and a tank top. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but 
I ended up underneath this steer and he stepped on my ribs, left a big old scratch across my ribs and back. And, um, of course, dad's thinking, well, that'll be the last time he wants to do that. Um, heck, on the ride home, you know, I told dad, that was fun. I want to do that again. Uh, and my dad never pushed me to to be a bull rider. You know, he just kind of let me do my own thing, um, which I'm very thankful for, you know. Um, but if you know my dad, if you give him uh, if you give him a little, he'll he'll take it to the extreme. So that's all it took for for him to hear that I was interested in pursuing. And I'm not sure how long it was, but it was not very long. I think within a month, my dad had one of our farm hands custom build a buck and shoot. He bought a bunch of panels, and before I knew it, we had a round pin at our house with a bucket chute and dad went and got some steers and I was on my way to be a bull rider, I guess, you know, I was like, this is getting real in a hurry. Um, but I was craving it. You know, I was young, I was 15 years old, I think. And, uh, so we started bucking steers at the house. And, uh, once I kind of got that down a little bit, uh, dad decided to, you know, go to the sale barn and buy some bulls. And I remember the first time he did that, I came home from school and he had two bulls and one of them was a black ball face, big horn rodeo looking sucker bull. And, uh, and he was pissed off, not happy to be at our house. And that's when it really got real for me. I was like, man, I'm about to have to get on this sucker. Uh, I better, you know, get my mind right for this. And, uh, I think God was looking out for me that night, that bull got out and we got a phone call i think early the next morning my dad got a phone call from the sheriff the bull was the next town over running down the middle of the town uh so thank goodness dad was able to go and gather him up and took him straight back to the cell barn so i think i dodged a bullet on that one i may not be alive today if i would have had to get on that sucker but anyway Dad continued to do that, buy bulls at the cell barn, and we'd buck them. And, um, and then Dad ended up meeting a contractor who had some bulls, and um, that contractor brought some bulls to our house and for us to ride. And um, somehow the, the guy needed uh, someplace to keep his bulls, so Dad worked out a deal with him. Well, now I've got real bucking bulls at the house that we're keeping. So it, it really escalated fast you know which i'm thankful for because i was thrown into it uh i didn't have time to uh, really think about it you know what i was doing i was just engrossed in it and getting on bulls and uh learning how to become a bull rider um and that that practice pen ended up growing into something even bigger um word got around which i don't understand to this day, even how it did, you know, there was no social media back in those days. It was just word of mouth and, um, word got out that we had bulls and we're bucking them. And next thing you know, just random people started showing up, random kids wanted to get on bulls. And, uh, before we knew it, we're having a buck out once a week. Um, and it started off fairly small, but it grew in a hurry. I mean, within a couple months time, word really got out and 
people were showing up left and right and um not only the riders but their girlfriends their wives their parents it was just a big a big get together every tuesday night at our house uh and dad started having a bible study before the the practice and he didn't charge anybody to get on but the one stipulation was you had to show up for bible study in order to get on free practice bulls so people would show up early uh, it felt like when I got out of school, people were showing up already. So, and we'd do it in the evening about probably six o'clock. And I, mean, I think there were people showing up at three thirty, uh, make sure they got there for the Bible study so they can get on free bulls. So, uh, so that grew for you know we did that for a couple years until I graduated. You know, I ended up uh, high school rodeo on my junior and senior year, uh, and then. After I graduated, I graduated when I was 17, and um, mom and dad decided to go into full-time ministry and travel out west to do uh, cowboy church at high school rodeos in Nevada and Arizona and California. Uh, so right when I graduated, I'd gotten invited to go to Mexico on a like a bull riding mission trip. Uh, and it was me. I was 17, and I went with, I think there was probably nine other bull riders and they were all pro bull riders um they've been riding for a number of years and i don't to this day i don't know why i got invited but i got invited and went down there and probably made one of the uh best bull rides of my entire career down there uh on this bull that was some famous mexico bull and uh, got him rode i think i was just so scared i didn't want to buck off so i actually got him rode Bull stepped on my ankle, um, ended up breaking my, my ankle. Uh, I didn't go to the hospital down there. I got uh, asked if I wanted to go to the hospital, but I was 17 in Mexico, and there was no way I was going to a hospital in Mexico. You know, I just I was young and green and not been out of the country. It was my first time, and um, I just said, I'll tough it out till I get back to the U.S. So I, I toughed it out for two or three days and I got back to U.S. and mom and dad picked me up took me straight to the doctor and yeah of course I had a broken ankle I had to get a cast on um so anyway that's uh how um things got started for me and then kind of fast forward I I, I went on mom and dad went out west I went on I went with them for a while while I still had a broken leg and got healed up and then um, then I was off on my own. I rodeoed for a little bit and then got a college, a rodeo scholarship to Big Spring, Howard College in Big Spring, Texas. So I went there and went to college and college rodeoed for a couple years. Um, and then, you know, ended up after those two years of college, pro rodeoed. And so all total, I, I ended up riding bulls for about 15 years. Um, when I decided to retire and, and I was pushing 30, um, it was, it was a hard, hard decision for me. I mean, it was kind of, on one hand, it was hard. On the other hand, it wasn't. I knew I was done. Just wasn't craving it the way, you know, I did when I was early twenties. And, um, but the, the trouble I was dealing with is for 15 years, that's who I was. I was a bull rider, you know. 
Uh, so that's kind of how you identify with everybody. You know, what do you do? Well, I'm a bull rider. That that was my answer for 15 years. And with that going away, um, man, I struggled with it for a little bit. Um, and I know guys that might be listening to this who've been through that same situation probably understand it. Kids that that are still riding won't understand it, but you will one day. Um, so I didn't know what to do. So I decided I knew that I was addicted to the culture, but I'd been a bull rider, you know, the majority of the time in this culture. So who am I in this culture? Yeah, I could start roping, but that's, I didn't really, you know, I'd done a little bit of roping at a younger age, but just wasn't something I craved, you know, I, I was a bull rider. Uh, so when I, when I decided to retire, uh, I knew that I had to go cold turkey. I had to, It was like a drug for me. I had to get away from it. So for two and a half, three years, when I retired, I did not step foot around the culture at all. I didn't go to rodeo. I didn't go to bull riding. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere near cowboy stuff uh, just because I knew I had to break away. Uh, so I decided... You know, I needed something to do. I went and finished my degree in graphic design. Um, uh, was working as a graphic designer for a label company, and um, decided I wanted to. I needed something to do, so I was going to try golf. And I'd played golf a little bit over the years, uh, here and there. But I just really decided, hey, I'm going to focus on this, and I'm going to go get better at it. Maybe there's a chance I can play some amateur tournaments and. Um, I, mean, I quickly learned that there weren't enough years left in my life to get decent at that game. So, I mean, I tried hard, real hard. I mean, I was playing, uh, I mean, there's no, th- those two years after I retired from bull riding, I don't know how many rounds of golf I played, but it was a bunch. I, I met a buddy of mine and him and I, that's all we did is play golf. Um, I mean, I got better at it, but to get to the level I needed to get to actually compete, be competitive at it in a tournament type atmosphere. Like I said, there weren't enough years left in my life. So, um, in the meantime, uh, probably about three years, two or three years after I retired, I used to rodeo a little bit with Cody Custer and Cody had talked, we had a phone call or something. And uh, that's when the PBR was just really getting started. And, uh, he brought up that, I should help some of these riders out with their sponsorships. Um, that there's a lot of guys that were needing help, and there's nobody that knew the sport that was was helping them. So, um, you know, I said, "Yeah, I'll I'll think about it." Um, and it didn't take long. I really got to thinking about it. And I've got a, an entrepreneurial mind. I've got a creative mind. So, you know, I took it and ran with it in my mind and said, "Yeah, this can be done." And uh, so I have Cody Custer to thank. I started my agency at that point, XD Sports, and started representing a few PBR bull riders. So I have Cody Custer to thank for pushing me to start doing that. And I think, thanks, Cody. Uh, so it worked out pretty well for me. So um, anyway, I started off, and it was, you know, it was a rough go at the beginning. And, you know, I was proud of my, you know, adventure. And, you know, I'd tell people, hey, starting an agency and going to be an, I'm an agent for bull riders and the majority the response I got on that was laughter like are you kidding me that's not going to work bull riders don't need agents 
So I got a lot of negative feedback on uh, when I started pursuing that. Uh, but you know what? I just ignored it. I said, well, you know, you have your opinion, and uh, but I really think I can make it work. Um, but it took a while. You know, it it didn't happen overnight. You know, I would... I would try to call companies, or I'd call companies. Try to if I got somebody on the phone, I'd tell them what I did. I'm representing PBR riders. You know, the first question out of their mind or their mouth is, "What the heck is PBR?" You know, they had no clue what I was talking about. You know, Pat's Blue Ribbon. Are we talking about beer here? What What are we talking about? And uh, so, like I said, it was a rough go. The The, the first deal I I got done was. Um, about a year, probably a year, over a year into it, you know, I, I didn't have any success for a year. And I think a lot of people would have gave up, but I was determined. Uh, I think the first deal I did was I got uh, Oakley sunglasses to give the riders, and I was only representing like three riders at that time. So I think I got like six pairs of Oakley sunglasses. Uh, and I, you know, you thought I'd done a million dollar deal. I, I was excited. And you know, you take the little victories and use those to, to fuel your fire. And I did, you know, six pairs of Oakley sunglasses are what fueled my fire. And, um, you know, that got the ball rolling for me. I think it, I, I needed that, you know, a year in with no success. Thank goodness I had, you know, income coming in from graphic design job. And, you know, I was doing some freelance work as well um, because I would have been starving. I, I wasn't making any money. Uh, I was losing money. I was spending money to to do things, try to get that agency off the ground. So anyway, um, that's how the agency started. And then, you know, probably a couple years into it, I uh, I got a letter. I had some makeshift website, uh, you know, XD Sports, you know, agency for bull riders, and uh, I got a letter in the mail from a young attorney out of Michigan. Uh, inquiring about uh, if we were hi- hiring, if there was any job openings with XT Sports. Well, me reading this letter, this was high comedy for me. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I you want a pair of sunglasses? I may be able to get, you know, give you one of these six pairs I got for free. Actually, I only had one pair. It was the one I was wearing. The others I gave the riders. Um, so I'm thinking, he, this guy doesn't has no clue. I mean, he thinks that we're some successful agency. Doesn't realize it's just me, and I haven't made a dime. Uh, there's no way I'm hiring. But uh, you know, I thought, hey, I'll I'll talk to him. So I ended up calling him, I think, and and uh, invited him to the PBR event in Bakersfield, California. Um, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, there's no way he's going to fly to Bakersfield, especially if he's been to Bakersfield. Why would you want to go to Bakersfield? And no offense to anybody that lives in Bakersfield, it's uh, just not my my cup of tea. <laughs> Back then, it was just kind of like a hole in the ground. Uh, but anyway, so I was going, and I was like, this guy's not going to come. Well, he decides, you know, I think after we had the phone call, he said, I'll get back with you. And he called me a couple of days later and said, yeah, I'll book a flight, and I'll come out there and meet you. So... I'm like, dang, this guy's serious. So he ended up flying to Bakersfield and coming out and meeting me. And, you know, it was meant to be. We hit it off. It, You know, I'm a, I'm a hunter. I like to hunt. Um, and he was a hunter. And so we just kind of clicked. And uh, he'd actually been on a few bulls. Not, not a bull rider, but he'd been on a few bulls and mainly roped. But, uh, 
you know, so I made a deal with him where, you know, if you bring me deals, I'll pay you a percentage. And so that's how I brought on my business partner, Brad Benzinger. Um, and uh, that year he ended up bringing on Putnam Hitch Products, which is, I don't think they're even still around, but they were like a, you know, like a gooseneck hitch company and uh, brought them on. Um, and that year also we, I think it was that same year. It's been a long time ago. Uh, I started the agency 17 years ago, so a lot of blurry memories. But uh, so yeah, so he started off. He did that. I that same year, I think Brent Vincent, bull rider Brent Vincent, were representing him, and um, I was living in California at the time. Uh, we drove down to to L.A. and went and met with Lucky Brand Jeans, and uh, uh, we met with the marketing person there and I brought a, a VHS tape of a bunch of Brent's you know PBR rides and so we go into his office and meet with him and um, say I've got this tape of Brent riding you know you want to see it and he's like yeah he goes there's a, a VHS recorder that tells you how long ago it was in the owner's office and at that time Lucky Brent was owned by two guys Barry Gene and Barry uh, so we go just stroll into their big office and uh we walk in there, and Gene, that Barry was kind of reserved, you know, clean cut, uh, not as loud. Gene was had long hair, loud, very free spirited. So we walk in there, and he's like, "What are y'all doing?" And so we're about to watch some bull riding on this tape. And he goes, "Hell yeah, we are!" So he comes right over there and sits down with us and watches it with us, and just loved it. He loved it so much that right then and there, he told the marketing guy, "We're doing it. We're going to sponsor this guy." You know, this is badass. And uh, so, you know, Brent and I roll out of that meeting, you know, on cloud nine thinking, you know, we just rolled up in here and got a deal done uh, with a company that's never been involved with the Western culture. Um, And at that time, Lucky Brand, there was quite a few cowboys wearing Lucky Brand jeans, but I don't even think Lucky Brand actually knew that. Um, So that, that deal right there is what... You know, aside from the Oakley sunglasses that really got my fire going, that Lucky Brand jeans deal really solidified that, hey, I can do this. This is going to work. You know, it's not an overnight deal, but it's going to work. So down the line, move down the line, Brad Benzinger, the guy I brought out to Bakersfield, we ended up working a deal, and he became my full partner, not just a a guy working for commission. He became a full partner and we've had a very successful career in this agency. You know, we're had some very proud moments companies we brought on shortly after that. We helped bring on the U S army. Uh, they sponsored some of our athletes. Um, you know, we brought on, um, monster energy seven years ago, I think, um, you know, we're the agency that introduced them to the sport and brought them on. Uh, we did a Team Chevy rodeo deal, um, you know, which was cool for me because I knew Chevy had been involved in rodeo early on, and to bring them back to the sport was pretty cool. Um, they didn't last long. They're, they're gone now, but that's the nature of this business. Um, and then just this year, we... Um, brought on Levi jeans, brought them back to the culture. So that's the kind of stuff I live for. It's the kind of stuff that fuels my fire and keeps me going because with the agency, being an agent, 
um, what most people don't realize. You know, it sounds like a it's a kind of a glorified title. Uh, oh, you're an agent for bull riders. That's cool. Um, I mean, yeah, it sounds cool, and I get to do a few cool things that that you know general public doesn't get to do because I'm an agent for bull riders. But the reality is, I sit at a desk and make phone calls and send emails all day, and the majority of the response I get from companies is the word no. So I hear no on a daily basis. And over after doing it for 17 years, you just become pretty callous to the word no. It doesn't really affect me anymore. I'd rather a company tell me no straight off the bat than tell me, oh, yeah, we might do this, because then it's just wasting my time. If the, if the, the end answer is going to be no, just tell me today so I can move on and try to find another company. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I do on a daily basis. No, you know, really no glory in it. Uh, just sit here and get get hammered with no's all day. But uh, I, I enjoy it because, you know, the no's are important because they make the yeses you get, which are very few uh, compared to the no's, but they make those yeses even better. Um because you know the fire you had to walk through to get to those yeses. So, um, yeah, so that's been, you know, my life for 17 years as an agent, um, agent for uh, bull riders. And then when I, a little bit I missed, I started right about the time I started the agency, I bought a few cows and started raising bucking bulls as well. And I ended up having a, Cow herd about twenty thirty cows uh for heck for probably about uh eleven twelve years. I just recently a few years ago uh sold all my cows. I was just too busy to to deal with them all, but I really enjoyed it um I'm still involved with buck and bulls my bull partner Jimmy Young and Kyle Dern and Dustin Young. We partner on bulls that we compete with you know as two year olds three year olds and four year olds and then we after they get to that point we just sell them but uh so i'm still invested in in bucking bulls uh just not a full cow herd anymore um so that's been that's been my backstory up until now and, and going back to the branded cowboy part you know i feel like there's just parts in my life where you know like when i moved back to texas and dad retired from riding bulls and i was getting into sports you know i kind of got away from the culture but i had the brand on me from the get-go and when you have a brand on you, it doesn't go away. So, but I, I came back to it. And then when I retired from riding bulls, I tried to run from the culture. You know, I knew I had to get away. But in all reality, I still had the, I still branded cowboy. It was still on me. It wasn't going away. Uh, and I'm right, you know, right back into the culture and uh, haven't really left it. Um, yeah. So that's my backstory. Um, not all of it, though. Four years ago, I started uh, Vexel brand clothing, cap and clothing, or cap and t-shirt brand really is what it is at this point, and we do a few sunglasses. But how that started with my graphic design background, um, I think I saw a picture of something, a set of horns, uh, just got my creative mind going and ended up designing that the Vexel icon uh, so the icon came before the word Vexel. Um, designed that and thought, that's pretty cool. I need to do something with that. And 
got to thinking, man, maybe I'll create a brand. I kind of always had a passion to, or a desire to, you know, start a brand. Um, actually, the funny back backstory is when I was probably twenty seven, I had a kid that was an illustrator designed a a Toro Twister logo for me. It was just Bull Rider, which it was a picture for my brother on a bull with a tornado kind of wrapped around him and I had the, these t-shirts made called Toro Twister. So I think that desire to have a brand is, has been with me for quite a while. But four years it finally came about. I think it was just meant to be with Vexel brand. And uh, so I designed that icon and then thought that's cool. And the, obviously the icons are kind of like a V and uh, I thought I need to figure out a, name for this brand so i did a lot of research on v words and i came across vexelum and um vexel was actually derived from the word vexelum and vexelum is a banner a roman soldier carries in the battle uh so right there i thought that's cool that fits kind of that's a good backstory to for a brand or good meaning for a brand uh it also means a vein of a feather so that's how Vexel came about, and I just decided, next thing I know, I'm in the cat business, and I've got a website, and it's really taken off over the four years, and um, if you've bought any product over the last four years, I, sh- I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's fun seeing something you create. Um, fun, it's fun seeing people love something you create, and um, I'm just very humbled that so many people have latched on to it and like it and uh hopefully we can keep it rolling and keep coming out with cool cool caps and stuff but um yeah that's that's my backstory um if you have any questions um about my backstory or want any more detail uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, my uh, instagram is where i probably spend the most of my time as far as social media goes and I'm at Sean Weesey's my my tag um so yeah I appreciate you tuning in this uh podcast uh, you know my uh my plan for it is I'm gonna have I know a lot of people obviously in the rodeo industry the bull riding industry bucking bulls uh my other passion is hunting I, I love archery elk hunting um and uh, so we'll probably talk about that a little bit on here uh marketing and branding you know probably do that maybe i'll have some of my uh uh sponsors i've dealt with over the past or currently maybe i'll have them on the podcast uh so my my plan is to have guests moving forward there may be a few here and there that it's just me maybe talking about some motivational stuff uh but for the most part i'm going to try to have guests on um I don't know how often I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, you know, I kind of thought in my mind I, I want to at least do it twice a month. Um, you know, obviously if I can do it once a week, I'll try to. But I think starting out, I'm going to try to, you know, commit to twice a month. Um, and so, yeah, I appreciate you tuning in. And uh appreciate all the feedback that I've received on Instagram with my motivational talks. Um and like I, I said the other day on there, all those motivational motivational stuff I say is directed at myself. Um, 
and it's just kind of my own way to motivate myself and that's why I started doing it thinking well you know maybe I can say it out loud and some other people can benefit from it and that's kind of with this podcast too hopefully we can get some guests on and uh, maybe I can have some topics myself that uh, we can produce a, a podcast show that that uh, you're excited to listen to and that will help you and and encourage you and motivate you to do big things in your own life. So I appreciate you tuning in. Have a good one. Revolutions in our blood. We've got tonight. Blue